step inside into the world of Lady Teal's Curios. Welcome to Lady Teal's Curios. I'm your host, Lady Teal. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, and I am bringing you your weekly dose of all things wacky and weird going on in the world. I am recording outside today. We're located in the Superstition Mountains, which is east of Phoenix, and it's just such a nice day. The, there's a slight breeze. The weather is amazing. You'll probably hear some birds in the background. Hopefully they're not too distracting, but I'm literally surrounded with this beautiful mountain view and cacti everywhere, so I could not resist just recording outside. So, like I said, hopefully it's not too distracting. First off, I wanted to say I missed you all last couple of weeks. I had something strange and weird happen to me. Like you probably heard in my last episode, I was dealing with some intense neck pain. So bad so that it was literally hurting to talk. And the day after I released the last episode where I shared some weird facts about me, I became incredibly nauseous. Now, if anyone knows me, you know I don't get sick often. I have a really high pain tolerance too. Even if I'm dealing with something small, you'll likely not even know because I just typically don't complain about it. So when I do get sick, it's usually pretty serious. And I think I'm the worst patient ever. I hate staying in bed all day. So then when I'm sick and I'm forced to lay in bed all day, I complain and whine about it. But then, of course, if I try to get up and go and do something, I feel even worse. Thank goodness we recently got a switch. Mario Kart saved my sanity that week. So all of that lasted for about three or four days while my neck was insanely sore and I could barely even move my head. I took off an extra week of recording to just recuperate and boy am I glad I did. I feel a million times better and after a little over a week I am just now getting my appetite back. So thank you for being patient while I get back into my groove. As I mentioned in my last episode, I am committed to bringing you weekly episodes this year With the occasional holiday week off here and there, of course, and I was really disappointed to have to miss a week due to being sick, but you gotta do what you gotta do. A couple of other updates. You may have heard about this new app called Clubhouse. It's a social media platform, and before you shake your head like, oh my god, I can't do another social media platform, hear me out. I've been on this platform for about a solid week now, and basically it's like live chat rooms. So you can talk about a variety of different subjects, pretty much whatever you want. There's rooms on vintage clothing, paranormal, business, podcasting, whiskey, and more. There is no text chatting or typing. It's strictly voice. And since it is currently in beta, it's only available on iPhones. With all of that being said, I've been finding it very interesting, useful, and informative. As many of you are already aware, I'm an ex-Jehovah's Witness, so I happened upon a group called Cult Survivors, which had former members from Scientology, other XJWs, and Mormons, and they were all talking about their experiences. 
I was able to meet some really cool people through this app, and we were able to talk about our struggles, our traumas, our successes, and all sorts of different topics. I also listened in on a room called Aroma 101 for one of the whiskey groups I'm a part of and learned so much about taste, different aromas, even learned how to distinguish between peat and smoke. And I'll be talking about more of that on the Dark Spirit Society podcast that I co-host with my friend Emily. So if you want to check the episode that's coming out in a couple weeks. Stay tuned for that, and I will um, talk more about those whiskey, the whiskey groups on Clubhouse. <laughs> Anyways, all of that to say, I found a lot more value in it than I have Facebook, and Instagram will always remain my favorite to use social media app. But Clubhouse is quickly becoming a favorite. I enjoy the company, hearing people's voices, and I'm often alone or just conversing with my husband and my dog Nova on a daily basis, so it's nice to have a variety of people that sound like they're in your room, essentially. <laughs> I would love to host chats about antiques, oddities, curiosities, offbeat locations, roadside attractions, spooky stories, and more, so if you would like to join me on Clubhouse, I have a few invites left and would be happy to send you one. Just reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook and I'll help you out. First come, first serve, of course. And this is not an ad, not sponsored at all. This is me just wanting to engage with my audience a little bit more. And I think this app is a great way to do that. Okay, so enough about me and what I've been doing. Let's get into the wacky and weird. In Texas, a local Amber Alert was sent out via email for Chucky the doll and his child. The alert listed Chucky as a suspect and was described as 28-year-old with red auburn hair, blue eyes, standing at 3 foot 1 and weighing 16 pounds. He was also described as wearing blue denim overalls with a multicolored striped long sleeve shirt and was last seen carrying a knife. Also listed was Glenn, who is five years old, weighs six pounds and stands two foot three, having the same red hair and a blue shirt and a black collar. Glenn apparently is the son of Chucky from the movie Seed of Chucky. I've actually only seen part of the original Chucky. That doll freaks me out. I do not, I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't, it reminds me of clowns. I don't like clowns. I will at some point finish the movie because it's just one of those like horror movies I feel like you have to watch, but yeah, I'm not a fan. So Back to the story, the Texas DPS official said the IT department was doing a test and didn't mean for the alerts to be sent out. They were sent out three times. You think they would catch it after the first mistake. <laughs> the first thought I had when I read this news was, is this really a mistake? Or is this some sort of weird promotional campaign for a, another Chucky movie? And if it is a mistake, well... I don't know, the Texas DPS might want to reconsider some of the people they have in their IT department. <laughs> I wish some of the news articles would have interviewed people that actually received the alert. I'm not sure how I would react if it would be like laughing 
at the whole situation. Like, is this real? Looking at my phone, receiving an Amber Alert for Chucky and his son. Or if I would be like, oh shit, this is really real and Chucky is real. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I would just laugh at it because we all know Chucky's not real, right? In other news, so you know how when you're a kid, you dream about finding a message in a bottle or, well, at least I did when I was a kid. I always wanted to find a message in a bottle with like a hidden treasure map or just a message that washed up onto the beach. We lived in Florida for about six years when I was younger, so every time I went to the beach, I always looked for a message in the bottle. Well, one teen's message traveled 1,200 miles in two years. The girl tossed a bottle in the ocean in 2019 as she crossed the equator with her family, commemorating the special moment. The bottle landed in Papua New Guinea and was ironically found by a conservation group. The girl mentioned she felt a little bit guilty because at the time she didn't think of it as throwing trash in the ocean. And I totally agree if it was me in that situation, I would not have thought about that. I <laughs> I would have probably thrown a bottle with a note and thought to myself, oh, I hope somebody finds this or maybe it will wind up on a beach in a few years and it'll make a cool story, not like, oh, I'm littering into a sea that is already filled with trash and litter from other things, but I digress. So, like I said, she thought of it more as a commemorative trinket that she hoped somebody would find, but she was happy that a conservation group found it. This makes the second message in a bottle that was found this year. Another teen sent a bottle from Marathon Beach, Florida that landed about 250 miles away in Sebastian and took about a year to reach that beach. The couple that found the bottle called the number on the message and spoke with the mom of the girl who launched the message who was in fifth grade at the time. How fun is that? So we're diving into year two of dealing with COVID and we're all getting used to conference calls, right? You may even be thinking you're getting bored of them. They're a little lackluster. Maybe your conference calls could be a bit more entertaining. Have you ever thought about hiring a goat for your Zoom calls? Well, Cronkshaw Fold Farm in England is providing goats for Zoom calls for a total of six pounds. Now, I am very very tempted to do this. I just haven't had to hop on any Zoom calls in a while. So if someone has an unsuspecting Zoom meeting they want me to hop on with, I will totally buy a goat for them. (laughs) I am so there. I think this idea is genius. And the farm has raised over 50,000 pounds from what started as a joke. So obviously this has been a very successful prank and I think it's probably bringing a lot of light love and laughter into people's lives right now. In other animal news, if you were in New York at Central Park on January 27th, you may have seen one of the rarest bird encounters in centuries. A snowy owl made a pit stop at one of the baseball fields in Central Park and drew quite the crowd. The last time a snowy owl has been reported to be seen in Manhattan was in 1890. 
Whether you're a bird watcher or a Harry Potter fan, I'm sure seeing this bird in person would give you all the feels. Since many of us were not in New York at that exact time, there is plenty of footage online that I will link below in the show notes and you can check it out. So, or you can just Google New York Snowy Owl and just watch all the cute footage of this glorious looking bird. And I guess I'm on an animal kick this week because now we're going to talk about wombats, specifically wombat poop. This may not be new news to some of you because it is uh, trending around the interwebs right now, but it is news to me and I just found it fascinating because, well, who doesn't love a good story about poop? This is not so much a story as it is a fact, but this week I learned that wombats have cube-shaped poop. That's right, they poop out little cute cubes. You might be wondering, do wombats have a square-shaped anus? And I am here to tell you, no, the cube shape actually is formed in their intestines. Also, they produce around 100 cubes a day, and rumor has it they actually stack their poop cubies. The more you know, right? I can just see it now. Me hanging out at a party, you know the ones, you're invited by a friend and you know like zero people there. I'm standing around a group of peers who could be potential friends. Everyone's talking about various subjects, stocks, the new bar down the street, where they last went on vacation. And I open my mouth and say, did you guys know wombats poop cubes? And then I drop the mic and walk away because they all are giving me that look. You know the one. This is definitely one of those needless facts that is just going to stick with me forever. And actually, it may not be super needless because the researcher who is researching wombat poop said that if your, if your poop ever starts to have corners on it, it could be an early sign of colon cancer because that means your intestines are tightening. Wombats have really tight intestines and that's why they poop cube-shaped poop. So humans are not supposed to have tight intestines and an early sign of colon cancer is corners on your poop. So I think we can all agree here that the wombat poop fact is probably most definitely the most useful piece of info you've learned so far this year. Well, that brings Wednesday's Wacky and Weird to a close. As always, stay curious.